0: Hello and welcome to carrots and suffering a DD odyssey we are an unofficial DD podcast and we play dungeons and dragons but we edit a lot so hopefully you'll enjoy it more don't forget to leave us a rating and review let's get into it last time on carrots and suffering bulane confronted her ex to try to get some information on their assailant's financial backer and the odds of them buying their way out of this assassination problem but it does not go great
1: I am so happy you were finding your self-fulfillment in your den of misery and loneliness. Listen, we, my friends and I, you have probably caught wind, because you always do, of underground things, that uh, there is a contract out on us. Okay. Okay? As in, yes, you have heard this?
0: I believe it, but I have not heard it specifically yet.
1: So you have no idea how much it is for or how many people would be interested?
0: I didn't say that. Xeriz has a heart-to-heart where he confesses his warlocking with Creedon.
2: As you've noticed, I'm learning a little magic. Really, all I wanted is for you to sit here for a second and listen to me. And I want to cast Mage Hand and steal Taman's belt pouch.
0: Creedon confesses her fairy pact to Bulain in the library.
3: Creighton, like, takes this book and while she's reading it, she finds a steamy dragonborn romance and, like, puts the book that she's actually reading inside the other book (laughs) to throw off this. You know
1: we are not in a school and there is not a teacher who is going to punish you for reading a book
3: inside of another book, right?
2: From across the way, Xeris looks up at both of them and nods.
3: I don't know what you're talking about!
2: Preden
0: attempts to figure out what shady business is going on in the inn run by Slime Leg the Fairy Goblin for Coin Lord Treferin Beach Crown. And mostly fails, but that comes up today.
3: So you're uh, tight with, with old Slime Leg here?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's sweet on me.
3: Mm, you know, you know, I could uh I, I could see that. Did you did you do any work for for him or anything? Or just uh
0: Despite all their prep, the party walks into an ambush, and poor Max nearly dies, and Sadie the Raven is discorporated. All right, a crossbow bolt comes out of nowhere (gasps) and slams directly into Max's chest. (gasps) So much damage. Oh
1: my gosh. Oh shit. Lane sends Sadie in that direction.
0: Sadie rounds a corner. A volley of crossbow (gasps) bolts. Comes out of the darkness. Oh! And Sadie.
3: That was very dumb of so but... us.
0: Someone was expecting a raven. Oh no.
3: Oh no, Sadie, I'm so sorry.
0: And three creepy looking chicken
1: creatures. Oh my god, why do you bring the chickens mm. after me? Why is it always chickens? <laughs>
3: And I'm not going to attempt to jump over these lobsters. That is out of the question.
0: Lobster jumping is uh, a new sport that you're inventing right now.
3: Can I do like a like an insight or something to see if like these are aggressive animals? I assume that they are, but I don't just want to fire at some lobsters chilling in an alley. I'm just gonna shoot my two beams of Eldritch Blast at the dragon. I am out of spells, so I can't try to suggestion her into not running. <laughs>
0: So they fought six bandits, three cockatrice, two rust monsters, and a wyvern, all exotic creatures from the distant jungle, before the assassins started running. Alright, let's start with chasing an assassin. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master.
1: Hi, I'm Mandy. I play Boulane, the Grave Domain Death Cleric, pissed as hell.
3: Hi, I am Claire, and I play Creeden, the unassassinable warlock of love. (laughs) I don't know if that's a real word. Uh, Unassassinatable? I feel like this is where the word unassailable could be used. Unassailable came from this. (laughs) I don't. But that means more things. (laughs) That also means unable to be attacked, and that was not true.
2: Oh, no, we definitely got attacked. And I'm Robert. I play Xeris. Just Xeris. Bum, bum, bum.
0: (laughs) Okay, we are starting off in a chase scene. So Miri is quicker than y'all for exactly two reasons. She's running on tiny legs, which isn't helping her, but she got a bit of a head start and appears to have scouted out these alleys ahead of time, rigging various getaway contingency plans including things like tipping over trash cans and rolling barrels and that sort of shit here's what we're going to do i'm basically going to set up each round you're going to tell me how you are going to gain the upper hand in that round and then roll an appropriate skill check i'm going to keep track of these skill checks and if you do good you catch them if you do bad you don't This will be easy. And miscellaneous things could happen along the way.
1: We're so good at sports. All right, let's go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Except swimming. We're not very good at swimming.
0: (laughs) You turn down a string of alleys and discover that clotheslines have been essentially lowered, creating all of these various trip hazards at about three feet of height, which Miri has no problem running under. But you all may both have issues with line of sight, tripping and snagging. How are you going to deal with this problem?
2: My best thought right now is to just barbarian barrel through them. And I don't particularly enjoy that skill, so I am... that, that idea. So I'm, I'm just double-checking that I don't have something cleverer...
1: I think Zerus is the only one that has a blade weapon that's going to just cut through them. I mean, I have a dagger.
3: I, I guess I have a dagger, too. I am trying to think about how I can possibly seduce these sheets with my charisma.
2: <laughs> oh, I did not realize mm-hmm. that I also... I move 10 feet faster than normal people. That's cool. Everybody
0: else, yeah. That's
2: helpful.
0: Fifteen faster than Miri.
3: I can also use telekinetic to try to pull her five feet towards us when I can see her. I mean, I have hold person. As soon as we can see her, I could try to cast that. I think Creden wants to Naruto run on top of the clothesline wires, like hopping between them. The goal here would be an athletic or not athletics, uh, acrobatics check.
0: Okay, I can give you an acrobatics check to try to do some parkour. Yeah. Go ahead and roll it for me. I'm going to say parkouring over <laughs> clotheslines, not terribly dangerous, but also not something a normal person could get away with. I'm going to put the DC at 12 for that check.
3: Creden is no normal person. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's a 19 total. Yeah.
0: Okay, that is one success.
2: All right. Is it possible to just run through them with my knife out and, Use athletics to clear it for the other people as well, or?
0: Yeah, I'm going to call that an athletics check. With the goal of clearing it for others, I'm going to increase the DC a little bit. Cutting through these lines, they are not impressive lines, so I would set that DC at probably 10, but because you want to get out ahead of everybody and free them up, uh, let's put it at
2: 12. Let's get an athletics check, DC 12.
3: Don't cut my feet.
2: Okay, I won't rage for that. (laughs) And I rolled a 15, which is a 21. Okay, that's a success. Mandy,
0: the lines are mostly down. There's laundry just everywhere. You've lost sight
1: of the halfling in this mess, but what are you doing? I think if the path is clear, she's just going to run forward and try to get closer to her. Okay, give me an athletics. She wants to get her within her sight. I will settle for perception then. Let's do that. Perception? Oh, that's much better. That's a 19 on the dice, which is 25.
0: Okay. Perception comes with the unfortunate downside of rolling against Miri. Mm. Oh, no. Which, you said 25? 25. Okay, that's great. <laughs> so you spot Miri. She has made it out of the clotheslines and is essentially across the next street heading into another alley. You know where to go.
1: Okay. Do I have time to try to do something before she disappears into it?
0: No, but you did get a success in the skill challenge. Okay, great. <laughs> Heading into the next alley, you realize that this particular alley is actually leads directly to the catacombs. And so as you emerge from the alley, there is essentially one turn so you know where she's gone but you are in front of the door of the catacombs which you're all very familiar with and there is a large pine box just sitting there it's not blocking the way or anything but it looks like someone has unceremoniously deposited a customer in front of the door off to the right is a not really an alleyway but more of a small street that leads to an actual street the street is even at this hour full of vendors now the vendors aren't open but there's all these wrapped up stalls and things that are blocking the way, and Miri is sort of darting between them.
2: What are you doing? I mean, I will just continue to chase her if there's no pattern to what she's doing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to chase her. Okay.
0: She's running away through things. So, giving chase. Zerus, give me athletics. Bulane, athletics.
1: Actually, Boulane will try to take as direct a path. She figures Miri's zigzagging to get herself lost, and if she's heading for the catacombs, Bouline's going to try to take a more direct path. Okay. And gain some ground on her.
0: If you wish, you can roll survival. Okay. To better navigate this part of the city than Miri.
1: That's not great.
3: That's an 11. Okay.
2: I got a 12 for my athletics check. Okay. What are you doing, Creedon?
3: Do any of the bodegas have round fruit or something that could potentially be slippery? Should they be placed upon your feet?
0: Yes, 100%. Definitely true.
3: Can Creedon try to eldridge Blast one of the bodegas? That has round stuff in it and create, like, caltrips for
0: Mary. Roll me an arcana to use magic to manipulate (gasps) the environment.
3: Well, that's a seven because I rolled a four. Okay. I blew up somebody's bodega.
0: Rough trip through the alley. Boulain, one thing of note, as you dart by the catacombs, you do see a woman sitting next to this coffin. She was kind of tucked behind it, but she just watches you all run by.
1: Be back in a minute.
0: Okay, Miri heads towards the docks. This is just a straightaway down the main street thoroughfare. Even at this time of night, there are lots of boisterous drunks out roaming the street on their way home. So you have to contend with crowds of people. Not a ton of them, like this isn't Mardi Gras, but there are groups of them, and she is specifically running through them, and she's a halfling, so she's better at that than you probably are.
3: Finally, charisma time. Can we see her?
0: Sure, yeah, you can see her.
3: Okay, I want to cast
1: Hold Person on her. Roll Arcana. Come on. Oh, 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 that's pretty good. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, you cast a spell at
0: her. She's going to roll a saving throw. You get a success on the challenge. But let me see if this is enough to knock us out of the skill challenge. She needs a fifteen. It is not. She gets a twenty-three.
1: Ah! Okay. Slippery bitch.
2: Yeah, I will use my persuasion and shout loudly five gold to anyone who (laughs) catches the halfling. Nice. Okay.
0: I think that is reasonable. They're a little drunk, so the reaction's going to be kind of slow. Let's put it at a 14, because you got to get through to them.
2: Sure. Uh, I rolled an 18 on the die, which will give yeah. me a okay. 23 on the challenge. Oh, mobilizing Excellent.
0: the public. <laughs> People start to chase her. She tries running faster. That's not a great plan. She quickly ends up in a bit of a, a scuffle, you might say. Creedon.
2: Bring us home.
3: Creedon would like to try to pull her towards us. Telekinetic, I guess, Narcona check.
0: I think Arcana is the most appropriate skill for telekinesis.
3: Uh, yeah, it's basically a mage hand bonus, essentially. Sure, give it a shot. Oh, no. One really good roll, and now it's all downhill mm-hmm, here. That mm-hmm. is six this time.
0: Okay, you grab one of the drunks and hurl them accidentally Whoop. off Miri, somewhat aiding her in her attempt to get away from them. Sorry. Miri takes this opening and jumps down a open manhole cover. shit. So, Boulain, you're familiar enough with Turtle Bay, you know that it's not a sewer she's going into. She is essentially dropping below the docks and the pier that form this whole lower part of the city. So she's probably running on real dirt now instead of wooden planks or cobblestone roads basically built up on a
1: platform do i know what's down there is there a guild down there or i mean is that something she would know roll me history please see if i can give you information before you jump in this 13
0: 13 under the docks is a common smuggler's way you are very likely to encounter pirates there's nothing to be afraid of per se except sea life and falling on rocks and drowning no, the normal things
2: how how thick is the, the floor here?
0: So it is basically like railroad ties make the main level of this part of the city. So we're talking, I don't know, what's a railroad tie? Eight inches of wood?
2: Not something too easily smashed with effort.
0: I mean, it's meant to have carts rolled over it and stuff, but...
2: Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying.
0: It isn't necessarily going to stand up to an axe all that great, but you know.
3: Hmm, Creighton doesn't have a great idea for this one.
0: So, you could go down the manhole cover. It's not covered. It's still just a hole in the walkway.
1: Yeah, I think Boulain's just going to try to go down the manhole cover.
0: Okay. Boulain, you see her again. It is very dark down here. There are no streetlights. You see lots of things just off in the distance forming. Alleyways isn't the right word, but there's just a crap ton of obstacles. It looks like every shop has storage down on this level. So, there's just... A ton of barrels and crates and rope and all sorts of things. Go ahead and roll me a perception check just while you're here.
1: That's an 18. Okay, great.
0: I'm going to keep that in mind as you move
1: forward. Okay, can I see her? She's in sight. You can see a dark cloaked figure of appropriate height. I do have dark vision, so I can see better down here. Yeah,
0: that helps. You can see her. She's running basically over some rocks toward the water
2: i use athletics to drop down and, and keep keep up as best I can. Okay, go ahead and
0: give me athletics, Cirrus. It's uneven ground, so I'm going to make the DC 14.
2: Yeah, no problem. I rolled a nat one.
0: Oh, no. I'm going to give you advantage because you are almost twice as fast as Miri, thanks to your barbarian speed.
2: Okay, well, that got me to a total of a 12.
0: Okay, 12's not horrible. <laughs> but it's not a 14. Still not a success, but not a natural one. It's all right. You guys are still doing okay. Creedon?
3: Creedon? wants to go down the manhole cover and assuming that she can see Mary, I guess I want to try to do an arcana again to minor illusion a crate that she's running towards to look like it's not there, like essentially make it look like what I would expect the background to be. So hopefully she will run and do it. Oh, hilarious. Okay.
0: Give me an Arcana roll. She's not going to have time to quote-unquote inspect something to yeah. roll her intelligence save.
3: Oh my god, I got another four! Oh, oh no. <laughs> okay.
0: You put it up to the right and she goes left and you don't think it was her conscious decision. You just chose the wrong direction. Mm.
1: I am rolling so bad. How far away is she at this point? Mm, just
0: about 60 feet.
1: Okay. Bulane is going to cast Guiding Bolt on her.
0: Go ahead and roll Arcana. You are going to literally attack her.
1: Oh. That's okay. Let's see, I only get a plus one. 19.
0: Okay. Yeah, you definitely rock her world with a massive blast that sends her sprawling into the waterfront. You run over the rocks down to the water, and you realize... Do you want me to roll the damage on that? No need. Skill challenge. Action sequence. It's not enough to kill her. So, you are running over these rocks towards the end, and you pass several... Human-sized cages with human-sized people in them. Oh no! One of them screams, "You gotta get me out of here!" Creden, the drunken slur, is something you recognize from just a little while ago at the inn.
3: Oh, he got shanghaied. Oh well, I mean, he's not my problem right now. I'll let him out <laughs> in a minute.
1: Also, <laughs> I don't know if we want to poke the bear on a slave trade right now when we've already got assassins on
3: our asses. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> In fairness, you are on the assassin's ass right now.
3: Yes, we are. But Creighton would not feel great about human trafficking, I think.
0: So Miri has hit the water. She's glowing from the guiding bolt spell and is trying to swim away from you down underwater.
1: Oh, the next attack on her gets advantage. I don't know if that matters in a chase scene. Technically, it doesn't, but we'll see what we can do. What are you doing?
2: Trying to figure out how to apply religion to the circumstance and I just can't.
0: You could pray for a miracle.
3: Okay, this is foolhardy, but Creedon wants to use her dagger to cut her own hands so that she can use Misty Escape, which is where I can teleport if I take damage. And I want to try to teleport to where she is, it's within 60 feet of me, and wrestle her in the water.
0: Interesting. So
3: I don't know what that would be. That's creative.
0: (laughs) Couple skills that this could call for. You can use athletics to wrestle her in the water. Yeah,
3: I, I don't want to do that. It's foolhardy.
0: You can use a constitution check to essentially injure yourself. I'll take that. You could use a arcana check to manipulate the teleport. I think those are your three
3: choices. Let's do constitution since my arcana checks have not been going well. I'm using a different dice this time. Oh my god, I got another four. This is impossible. This is so impossible. I have rolled three fours and... In a row. And a three in my last four rolls. Oh, man. So not not quite in a row. Are you changing dice? I
1: did change dice. Four
0: is the number. Who else do we got?
1: Okay. Okay, I have a question. (laughs) Yeah. So Creedon has teleported herself to Miri?
0: Yeah, so there's a loud splash.
3: I'm probably drowning. Creedon
0: lands in the water on some rocks. It doesn't look great. (laughs) Miri seems to be swimming away. Uh, Okay, so it didn't stop Miri in her tracks at all. No. But I can still see her? You can see Miri glowing under the water.
2: I'm just going to keep up with my superior athletics.
0: Okay. You also have a superior swim speed thanks to your bonus speed, so I'm going to give you advantage.
2: Okay. 23.
0: Damn. Okay, you are much faster than her, and are gaining rapidly. Great. And Blaine.
1: I'm gonna cast Toll the Dead on her. Okay, this is going to be
0: an attack. I'm gonna say you can roll religion. Roll. Since it's a priest spell. Exclusive priest spell.
1: That is a 21.
0: 21. Okay, that is our 10th success. It was a race to 10. The final score was 10 to 6. So... You, Toll the Dead, the bell chimes. Underwater, you see a plume of blood as Miri begins to cough due to the necrotic damage she has just suffered. And that slows her down. Zerus, you have Miri.
2: Hmm. Are we still skilling? Or are we... Nope. You have won the
0: skill challenge. You have Miri. You've grabbed her. She seems to have lost probably all of the poisons and the weapons during the course of this chase.
2: I will grab her with one arm and swim to shore with the other, and every so often I will stop and rifle through her pockets for money.
0: (laughs) Okay. Miri has a large emerald worth 500 gold. Oh my
3: god. Yoink. (laughs) Right. Crayton awkwardly flails in the water some. She has forgotten that her gothic frock is rather heavy when it gets wet, and is rather embarrassed at everything that's just happened.
2: (laughs) And then I will just... Drag her to shore.
1: Okay. Yeah, when Zerus gets back to shore with Miri, Boolane will walk right up to her and grab her and cast inflict wounds on her.
3: Brutal. Okay. She's mad. Oh yeah, Sadie.
1: <laughs> you want me to roll for that? Are we still...
0: You have no problems touching her because okay. Zerus is holding her, so just roll your damage. Okay. Mm. Ten necrotic. Okay, yeah, she squirms a little bit. I think she says something along the
2: lines of, "You're You're a monster! <laughs> oh. Okay, well, I mean, if we're doing this... Do
1: not speak to me of monsters.
2: If we're doing this, and you are guilty of assault, and I'll break her neck. Okay, done. We don't
1: want to question her at all? I wasn't going to kill her.
2: <laughs> I just, that's not what that looks like.
0: <laughs> Go ahead and give me a athletics versus athletics.
3: Sure. Sure strength of her neck. That's a natural 20.
1: Oh, Mary's dead. <laughs> it's 26. I
2: got a two. This is a 20.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a wee little thing, Tiris. <laughs> yeah.
2: I bane break her in half.
0: Well, and also,
2: <laughs> Blaine beat the shit out of her in the course of that. Yeah.
1: I really did. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sorry.
0: <laughs> she only had a few hit points left. Yeah. So, quick. And she falls limp to the ground.
2: I didn't think we were killing her, but you—you you attacked her. So, there you go. I was not going to kill her. Oh. I
1: was just angry.
2: Yeah, I was. I'm angry too. I'm glad we got that out. <laughs> that was that was some bullshit.
1: That was that was elaborate for someone with one day of planning. Very. Do you think?
2: And I tried to give her a chance to talk, and she refused me. So
1: Blank puts her head on the side, and then she's going to turn Mary over on her stomach, and she's going to expose her back. Okay, done. She got anything on her back?
0: There's several small tattoos. You recognize the religious symbol of Divine Hammer.
3: Mm. Hmm. But no, none of the others?
0: None of the others seem to make any sense to you. They look like math diagrams, maybe? I was hoping
3: a heart that says Mom on
1: it.
0: You can roll history <laughs> if you'd like.
1: Yeah, I'd like to roll history. I'll help. Well, that's an 18. Which okay. Is, which is a 19.
0: There is a structural diagram of a lock. Oh, that makes sense.
1: Wait, lock is in and lock you unlock, or lock is in the lock on the river? The lock on the river. Okay.
3: Oh, that's
2: cool. Both make sense.
1: All right. Is she light enough that the Lane can carry her? Yes. Okay, the Lane will pick her up and... Without a word, she's just going to head back to the funeral parlor to both see Tamiri's body and also to see
3: who's waiting outside the door. I will join... Creden will tap Xeris on the shoulder and say, Can you help me release these people under these docks? Do you,
2: um, okay, sure. We'll let Bulain walk the streets alone <laughs> while we're worried about assassins.
3: Okay, well then can we all go do it? I mean... Look, I need a win here.
2: (laughs) All right. Here's what I would like to do. I would prefer to talk with the person prior to potentially disrupting their lawful property.
3: I mean, is human trafficking legal?
1: <laughs> so Blue Lane turns around and her face is very weary at this point And she says, human trafficking is not legal. It is the work of probably one of the coin lords. We have already pissed off another coin lord who has sent assassins after us. We are in no position to do anything about their slave trade right now.
2: So with that information, Creedon, what would you like to do?
3: Creedon will release a big sigh. You see a little pop up in the corner that says Creedon will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Creedon concedes, We can go where you want to go. Billy looks at Creedon with some sympathy and she says, I understand
1: the desire to do the right thing, Creedon, but this is a pathway to be dead before
3: sunrise. Man, no wonder divine mercy won't give her no powers.
1: <laughs> she, she's going, she's
0: going with you. So you walk back through the streets. Actually, no one really blinks an eye at you carrying someone <laughs> that's body. Late at night. That's normal. Nah, I mean, it kind of is, honestly. I mean, they're not usually dead, but
1: yeah. I mean, she is in full death priest gear, so. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's that's a little weird, but (laughs) no one's going to challenge a church official carrying someone home amongst the drunks at night.
2: The fact that you're officially dressed while you do it is the weird
1: part. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to the funeral parlor.
0: Welcome, Apprentices. This land has many races of creatures in it. In the beginning of time, there were, of course, only two, or so. The fae and the humans, one crafted by the luminous one, the other by the radiant one. Some argue the dragons, crafted by the green man, should be considered the third, but the predominant opinion is actually they are simply pinnacle among beasts. In historic times, it was felt that this side of the realm, the mortal side, belonged entirely to man and beast. But through the guidance of Astragarian Contessa, we have learned that this world is meant to be shared, and learned to understand the plight of the fairy-descended races. We only ask that when they come to this land, they worship the gods of this land. Let's talk about the fairy races. Elves, dwarves, gnomes, halflings, orcs, many others have fled the fae realm for the mortal realm, They accepted aging and death in this exchange for breaking themselves from the rule of eternal knowledge and eternal cycle, and those firstborn of the Luminous One. You see, the Fey Realm is built upon a perpetual collection of agreements that simply do not expire unless specified. These rules give the oldest of the Fey the greatest power, those we call the Arch-Fey. They rule the land with an iron fist or other mystical appendage, all below them, as one might treat serfs or pets. Enlightened by Astrogarian and Contessa, we now also see the failure in a system of servitude based on the status of one's birth, and have banished the nobility for merit. If you believe that you are here, if you are where you are because you earned it, it stands to reason the Fay descended races that are now mortal also earned it. And so we measure their worth just as we measure everyone else's by the strength of their connection to the gods. In the early days, when the fey races fled through the various portals to mortal realms, resources were quite scarce, and fairy magic was more powerful and more influential at the moment. Some tried to set themselves up as gods themselves among mortals, attempting to create an arch class again in this realm though such efforts were short-lived as death ends everything in the mortal realm eventually. Instead, many brought with them new ideas of gods, adopting and adapting the local religious structures to match the ideas that they had brought with them from the fairy realm. Dwarves are a particularly interesting case, as they believed in a creature called Moradin, a sort of all-powerful creator god who industriously toiled, much like Divine Hammer, to craft every aspect of society, including lesser gods and the world itself. When the great prophet returned from their sojourn to the Divine Realm, they revealed that Morin was in fact Divine Hammer by another name, and that the dwarves were actually created, like all things in the Fey Realm, by first the luminous one, and then a collection of odd agreements that bound their physical form. If you subscribe to them as completely separate from the Fae, then their true creator was likely an fae who bound their lineage through some type of agreement to aid them in their labours, no doubt self-servingly. The dwarven goddess of death was found to be the silent judge, but most of the rest of the pantheon was either angelic beings, uh, souls forged into powerful shapes to aid the gods temporarily, or a few fae still attempting to control those who had fled them. Today, all dwarves have accepted the rule of the Empire and the certainty of our divine pantheon, and now represent honored members of our community every bit as dedicated to the gods as we are. The Fae races are now our brothers and sisters. Treat them as the family they are. Now, back to work, apprentices. <laughs> You arrive at the funeral parlor. Uh, there's a, a fresh pine box with a, a woman sitting on it. And she stands up and says, uh, is every, is everything okay?
1: Absolutely not. Give me a moment. She okay. gets the new key out for the funeral parlor and unlocks it and says, come in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she grabs one side of the pine box and starts muscling it in.
1: Juris, will you help her, please?
2: Yes. I pick up the box for her.
0: So you you can pick up half of the box pretty easily. It's it's actually not terribly heavy. It's just awkward. Mm-hmm. And the woman is oddly ripped.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, she's she's beefy.
2: I'm going to look at her with some with some perceptive angry eyes. Sure. Cuz this Sounds like another assassin we're worried about.
1: I don't think Boulane has the wherewithal to even think to question that somebody has turned up with a body. (laughs) This happens to her all the time.
3: That would be a good way to get you. Yep.
2: That's a six. She's she's fine. She's she passes. She's dressed like a dockhand. You guess she moves
0: boxes for a living because she's moving this one.
1: Yep. She's got some beastie in there. Boulane will head back to the workrooms. Area says she can lay Mary on a slab. Done. She's going to talk to this woman before she goes about the death rites, but... Comes back out and says, All right, how may I help you? Do you have a name? Yeah, Dora. Dora Theodore. Uh-oh. Bulane trades a look with Cretan and Zerus. Well, I am Bulane. You have a body.
0: I do, yeah. The the remains of Imstead.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking.
0: Imstead Dreolin.
1: How did she die? Old age, I'm guessing. When? About about three hours ago, probably. All right, I'm going to roll inside to see if she's lying. Sure. Oh, that's a five. Plus six is 11. I mean, she hasn't given any reason to detect a lie. Okay, but she's brought Emson's body, and I just opened the door and let them right in. She looks at Dora and says... Forgive me, I have no reason to trust you or Emson even after she is supposedly dead. Zerus, can you get the box back outside?
2: I drag the box back outside. She'll grab
0: half the box to help and set it down outside and say okay.
1: And then Boolang ushers Cretan also outside, closes and locks the door and says open the box.
0: She bends down and yanks a a loose nail and shifts part of the, the lid off the box, and there's a very desiccated-looking old woman.
1: Alright, she's going to cast Gentle Repose on the desiccated old woman. Okay. And that has a ten-day duration. Okay. She looks back at Zerus and Creedon and shrugs a little bit and says she will not be getting back up for ten days.
2: Hmm. So, you've just been waiting here? Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I brought the coffin over, you know, a couple hours ago. The door's not usually locked, so I was planning on leaving it in the Funeral you know, parlor, but since it was locked, I thought I'd just wait. And then you all ran by. <laughs> seemed like something, seemed like you had a reason to have the door locked.
3: Can Creden check this person for any interesting and familiar looking weapons? You can roll perception. Cool. That thing I sometimes wish I put any points into. <laughs> oh my god, that's a three. Impossible. Are you changing dice? Is this the I same die? No, I'm so... Dice, I don't know. I am. I have a curse. I have a curse inflicted upon me. Julie's curse hit you. I mean, Law of Averages says if you go back
1: to the old dice, that they should start rolling so, better. It's
2: dice drop, you see. You know, after a big event, your dice are overtaxed. There's a lot of chemicals going on.
0: <laughs> She's got a boot knife that's obviously visible. It's the same sort of things you'd see on any sailor. Or deckhand. But nothing special, no. So, do I need to sign anything? I'm not sure how the rules work here in Turtle Bay. Nothing seems to work how I expect it
1: to. I will need to get the foreman come back. Give me a moment. And she will okay. go back into the funeral parlor using the right key. And she will get... Some cursory death forms, usually the ones for – I mean, she can fill in some information about Emston, but she just needs to say Mm -hmm. that she received the body and who she received it from and the time of death and all that. So she's essentially going to speed do a death certificate for Emston and then come out and have Dora sign it.
0: She picks it up and looks at it and goes, oh, okay, well, at least this is how it's supposed to be. She signs it, hands it back to you. You realize Dora has signed it with her official title as a – Priest of the Silent Judge. Mm.
1: You are uh, new to the order.
0: Uh, yeah, been here about two years. I was supposed to replace someone for a sudden sabbatical or or whatever, and then I ended up locked in a warehouse. Mm. Locked in a warehouse. Yeah.
3: I'd like to cast insight on that. Yeah, me too. Or not cast, roll.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can cast your dice. <laughs> I, I am
3: going to yeah I cast I, my I, dice. Cast a, a spell of less suck, maybe. I got a 23. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've finally broken the curse. Okay. <laughs> Insight. That is a 22.
0: You both expect that there must be a whole shit ton more to this story okay. right, than has been said. <laughs> like
3: she hasn't lied, but she hasn't said it all
1: either.
0: There is no universe where that is the full story. <laughs> Period. You have every right to be skeptical. You have not been told what actually happened.
1: We were told that Dora was Emston's apprentice, right? Isn't that what you Morris were was? were
0: told that Dora was Emston's apprentice, yes. yes.
1: And that they traveled from Astrogar together. You were also
0: told that, yes. And that no one has seen Dora in a couple months.
1: Also, that it hadn't... She hasn't been a priest for two years. Dora? Were we given timeline when she left the ship that she was a pirate on? You
0: were told she left a ship...
1: Yes. We weren't told how long
0: ago. No, you were told former pirate.
3: We did hear that she's wearing the pirating clothes again, though. Well, dock Hand might be close enough to... Yeah.
1: You said she's dressed like a dock Hand. Uh, yeah, at the moment. Boolean will say, why are you dressed as a dock Hand?
0: It's the clothes they had in the warehouse. What happened to your, your clothes? Well, I was in a small space for a long time, so I changed out of them and into whatever they had and washed things and, you know, like. I mean, I was living out of a warehouse.
3: What's going on in
0: this
2: warehouse?
0: Uh, I don't. Imstin was there. She was preparing some sort of big ritual. There was a lot of herb prepping.
2: All right, Dora. Look, do you care about the sanctity of death as your order does? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to incite that. (laughs) Sure. That's a two. Okay, great. So I could help you. Okay.
1: Lane will cock her head to the side and say, what is your take on the practice of confessing sins as a final act versus confessing secrets? And we'll also roll insight on her answer.
0: Pretty ambivalent on either one, actually. I see my duty as a priest of the silent judge to reassure the living by preserving the sanctity of death. People can confess whatever they wish. It's not really my job to do anything with that information. Imston seemed really into that part of it, if it matters.
2: So, as I'm just going to double check my my memory because it's been a while since we've talked about this. Imston was heading the whole dragon turtle ritual, right?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Yes. All right, great. great as far great. as you were able to determine,
1: and she more or less confessed to Creedon disguised as Boulain that she was a follower of Vecna.
3: Yeah, I mean, pretty much straight up was, was pissed off that the current society had killed the old gods.
2: Great. Okay. Imston was by her own admission to us going to violate the sanctity of death. And if you know anything about that, it would make this encounter go a lot easier if you told us what you know of Imston's dealings
0: you can roll either persuasion or intimidate i'm not sure where that landed it's right in the middle
2: i'll roll per intimidate they're the same so i will go the persuasion route to start that's a 15
0: she says yeah i mean i can tell you quite a bit of stuff she wanted me to carry on her i don't know legacy is the word so like i got quite a bit of coaching actually
1: Towards her heresy or towards actually serving the silent judge? Oh, no, I towards her heresy. I mostly
0: learned what I know about the silent judge service in, in Astragar.
2: So you're going to continue her heresy? No, 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 no,
0: no. You misunderstand. She wanted me to continue her heresy, but she died. And I took the keys out of her pocket and I left. But I, I brought her here because she's dead. And this is where we take care of that sort of thing. Mm
3: look we we know that you have a rather checkered pass running around with a well what is often viewed as a terrorist in turtle bay i we We don't have a lot of reason to trust you here. Yeah, okay.
0: She looks around this alley street that you're standing in and says do you want to do you want to take this inside? Are we not inside?" No, you brought the coffin back oh, outside. Okay. I told her you didn't trust her.
1: did not want body or apprentice in the funeral home again after what they did.
0: I mean, do you want to go inside or we could... No. Okay.
2: Maybe a bar then.
0: Look, well, they're all closed at this juncture. Well, I mean, not all of them, but the ones you actually want to be in are closed.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
0: as a kid, I was a little wild. I definitely did run with some pirates for a bit, but my bestie ended up dead in one of those things the pirates do you know fights anyway i got a lot out of the funeral and i decided that maybe i was done being a pirate and i could i could run ceremonies to ease the pain of the living and my first assignment was just to come down here and cover for a couple of weeks for uh, someone named Boulain and that's that's what I was going to do. But Instant came along, and uh, by the time we got here, she she dispoused some really odd ideas. And I mean, I didn't know, like, I mean, I knew better, but I didn't know better. So, like, I didn't challenge her on it. I mean, she, God, she's like 800 years old or something. But anyway, we got down here, and she, she said she had friends, and I ended up locked in a, in a
2: warehouse.
3: So you were held against your will? I mean, yeah, I... You could
2: call it that. Hmm. What would you call it?
3: Were you held against your will or not? I mean,
0: okay. I wasn't going to kill an old woman, nor was I going to piss off half the house guard of one of the coin lords. So was I held against my will? Yeah. I mean, I could have gotten out, I think, if I really meant to, but I didn't.
3: Hmm. Who else was using this warehouse? Who else did you see?
0: Dimston... Six to eight bodyguards, three or four regular beat guards, ten to twelve dock hands, some kind of exotic materials expert, apothecary person.
2: Sounds about right.
0: Anyway, they were really busy tonight. They were um, loading in some boxes from Sternheim.
3: From Sternheim?
0: Yeah. Bunch of boxes just arrived from Sternheim.
3: Oh no, is it the dragon? <laughs>
1: No, he Can- got, the dragon got ground into dust. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was pretty... Oh, yeah, we, we left did pretty explicit okay. instructions about you that.
0: You left instructions to grind the bones oh, no! into bone dust.
3: Oh, but oh, surely no! we saw them doing this. They just had <laughs> a different they, corpse they to raise. They did grind Bullshit. them into bone oh, dust, oh, you know. Oh, fuck. God Nate, we followed it. your plan. Let us have this. <laughs> oh,
2: That's <laughs> <my. laughs> mm-hmm. pretty good. <laughs>
3: Fucking yikes. Well, at least it, we're planning on exploding those bones tomorrow. We're planning on exploding the bones? Well, I mean, we aren't, but isn't the warehouse supposed to be blown up tomorrow by Dicky? Yes, Dicky is supposed to. So, Bullet says, are all the boxes in the warehouse right now?
0: Some of them? I guess they were, like, divided between a couple coin lords.
3: Man, this thing goes all the way to the top.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> they were divided between a couple coin lords?
3: Oh.
0: Yeah, I guess. All right, so I lived it here for a number of years, but I'm pretty sure Trafering Beach Crown's guards came and took a couple boxes and left a couple boxes.
2: But you were, was that not with Trafford's warehouse? In no, t- no, we were in Stildy's right. warehouse. Dildes, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes, that makes sense. Okay, not a problem. Yes.
3: Wait a minute, but also couldn't some of this be the explosives that they, I'm like whispering this to you and not in front of me. Yeah. Dora, couldn't some of this also be Diggy's? Workings to get explosives into the building. We he did not tell us his methods. Right, we'll hope. I mean, we don't know for sure. That that could be the hope. We'll find out, I will know. And it's not tomorrow;
2: it's today, right? Because this is morning of that. We're in day. the
3: early morning hours. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it is today.
0: It is today at some point. You weren't given a great timeline,
2: mm. right?
3: Mm.
0: turns out terrorists are opportunistic.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes, mm. yes, they are. Maybe that's the boxes that they left. I. Mm. There are too many parties involved.
0: <laughs> Dora says, so here's the deal. I'm out. Clearly Bulain is back. I'm supposed to report to Astrogar. So unless you as the superior priest of the silent judge order me to do something, I guess I'm leaving in the morning. Stay in town.
3: Yes, stay in town.
0: Okay, I can do it's that. It's
3: unlikely Bulain is here long term.
0: There's probably some guards looking for me. Do you want to recommend a location? Yeah. No, never mind. What,
1: my house? Uh, <laughs> I don't, no, I I don't was... really
3: want her in my house any more than no, I want her in the catacombs. No,
2: I was going to suggest a broker friend.
3: We could also possibly see if Twelve could keep an eye on her for us for a bit. Keep her kind of hidden. All
1: right. Lulane is going to do ascending sending to Twelve and say, are you in the dock? Or, or are you, what is the word? Are you... In port, are you in port? Can you come to the funeral parlor? Now.
0: Be there in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You get the impression that she had just laid down to go to sleep. Probably.
1: Relatable.
2: Yeah, I get the feeling.
1: The lid's still off the coffin. Yeah. Alright, Belaine is going to take out some of her oils and her brazier and incense, and she is going to very, very quickly do a field rites (laughs) over Empson's body. Okay. And... Ask Dora to help her, and she's going to observe Dora helping her to see if she does shit right.
0: Yeah. Let me roll Dora a dice to see how, how well she does.
1: And she's going to give her some of the complicated jobs. Like she's mm. not just like, hand me this or that. She's going to you recite this prayer and...
0: Yeah, so Dora knows all the words to the prayers okay. and says them appropriately. But the anointing does not go well. She's struggling with the body in the box. The anointing goes everywhere.
1: Like, is she nervous about the body? Yeah,
0: you you think she's nervous. Okay. Hmm. She's not doing a good job, but it's clear that she is trained.
1: She is trained. Okay, well, we will fumble our way through this anointing, and she will say, Why are you so nervous, Dora? Have you never done this before? Yeah, I mean... Did you have any idea how many bodies you were going to be dealing with in
0: Turtle Bay? I I was expecting like ten, and slowly, and not in an alley
1: in the middle of the night. So, what is really bothering you, Dora?
0: <sighs> I've also never anointed an ancient creepy witch.
1: <laughs> Starting to like this one. <laughs> ancient creepy witches die just like everybody else does.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one was on some weird vendetta, though. I don't know.
1: Can I roll insight on her, like her, if this is real misgivings? Yeah. Uh, that is a 24. With a
0: 24, you feel that Dorothea feels she is in over her head. She does not feel safe right now. She's pretty sure one of you is a big threat to her. She probably knows a lot more about what Imston was up to than she said but she seems to be more afraid of you than willing to share it.
1: Okay, so we will put the lid back on the box and wait for Twelve.
0: So Twelve will show up, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. She show up with anybody? (laughs) Hopefully.
0: Yeah, I mean, Twelve shows up with three people from the ship, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're here. What's the emergency?
1: I apologize, Twelve, to have to ask you to do this. I can compensate you. I need you to bury a body, Viking-style, at sea. She gestures to the box. Done. Fire and all. Sure. And if it does not put you out too much, I need you to host this one and protect her.
0: Yeah, we can do that. Twelve looks at her and rolls a d20 and says, oh, shit, it's Whale-Eye. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> and Dora says, yeah, I don't really use that name anymore. I'm like a church official now. And she's like, oh, OK. Yeah, sweet. Well, Grams, we can we can take care of church official Whale-Eye all day long.
1: Thank you. And she draws her aside and says quietly, We are a bit suspicious of her, but we're not sure under what parameters, so treat her well. Do not let her leave. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Cindy.
3: While we were talking to Twelve, Concretin have been doing a ritual cast of detect magic on Emston's body. I know that there will be gentle repose magic on it, but I'm just double-checking. You'd
0: pick up a couple sources of magic, only one that you did not expect. There is a bowie knife on the back of Dora that appears to have a silver handle hmm. and is is very magical. Can Creedon take it? That is a question that Dice can answer, but first you'll have to tell me how you take it. Is this a subtle thing? Are you trying to pickpocket her bowie knife?
3: Yeah, I think I'd like to attempt to slide of hand. Okay. I do think that if I'm caught by my party, I can probably explain why I'm doing this, but I kind of don't want to have to.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Pull the knife.
3: That is a 15 to sleight of hand.
0: Okay. I roll a seven. So, yeah, you reach up and pull it right out of the scabbard as she's pulling away, and she doesn't seem to notice.
3: And I'm glad I did that. <laughs> Almost buried my, object- my my quest objective at sea. <laughs> Wait, no, Dora had the dagger on her, right?
2: Yeah, Dora had the dagger.
1: Oh,
3: I thought that was on the back of Instant. That makes way more sense. It, it wasn't on Emston's body. Oh well, cool, no. I still got it off of Dora. That's great.
1: No, you pulled it off. Still got her secret weapon off of her.
3: I have a feeling that that's not the end of that quest I thought, I misunderstood, thought it was an instant. I was like, oh, good, she's dead. You have probably incapacitated her in some way, and that's
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bulane will compensate 12 for her trouble and send off Box and Dora alike. Okay. And then she will go back into the catacombs and see Damiri's body.
2: And I will start resting if we're in the catacombs. Yes,
1: yes, yes, you should probably Yeah. Resist.
2: So you're going to take a nice long nap.
0: <laughs> Door's locked. No one's going to interrupt you. The door stays locked. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Big explosions can... happen.
3: It is nap o'clock.
2: You can really just rest.
1: Do we wake up to an explosion? Is that what's going to happen? Uh,
0: not one you can hear from where you are.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is our show for today, and here my heroes are, just yet again, dodging all the action. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Next time, I'll have some behind-the-scenes cuts for you, because they have to wrap up Turtle Bay somehow, despite leaving the exciting conclusion to someone else. We'll find another way to get a sense of closure, (laughs) I guess. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Juliet an Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. What even is going on in Turtle Bay? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a DD Odyssey.